Beloveds, speaking is a gift. So speak as a gift and only say something that is a gift. Don't use your breath, your holy breath, for anything other than gift. In Diane Connolly's world, everything is an occasion to wake up. Diane. Yes. Good morning. Good morning, Sarah. May I, I sing so, the song uh, to you right this yes. moment? Yes, you may. Yes. Well, this is for you and for all the beloveds who are listening, who are giving their sacred gift of listening right this moment. It's, it's said it's from the kinks, <clears throat> and it goes, Thank you for this day, this lovely day, this sacred day you give us. So that's to announce the day, Sarah, this holy Sacred day in creation once only won't happen twice. And no one knows, can possibly know what's going to happen this day. Here we are in the mystery together, bearing the circumstances of life as we know it this very day. So here we are, honey. I'm yours. Okay, well, I know that we have you for a scant amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's just get into this. What I've, I've, I've promoted this episode as everything is is on the way, not in the way. But I want to start with um, something that in your book, your beautiful book, Medicine Words: Language of Love for the Treatment Room of Life. Yes, you know, which is where I where I I picked up with you after twenty years of you being my amazing teacher in the nineties um, for Five Element Theory. But in your book, you say, uh, well, you construct a dictionary of words mm-hmm. with which to rebuild our world inside the book. And you say, why not? We, we beings of the human sort possess this gift. We create the world with our words. Our daily actions are shaped by the words we use to language our experience. Yes. So my question is, why is observer the first word in your dictionary? It's mm, a good question. I like the word observer. Um, We could use the word noticer, we could use the word witness, we could use the word um, the one who is alive and awake, but not simply alive and awake, alive and awake to being alive and awake. So it's, it's the observer is the one who can actually see, a little bit like Emily Dickinson said it this way, she said, ah, now I see that I see. It's a kind of waking up to consciousness, to being here and to being able to ask in any circumstance, the question of what's the possibility of this circumstance? What's the possibility of this moment? What's the, what's the range of... It's said that the world begins in the observer. So what observer am I? What of life can show in the observer that I am? And Heisenberg in The Uncertainty Principle said, essentially said that the, in, the observer influences that which is observed. And so... When I wake up, as I wake up to being an observer, I can actually ask the question, what's the possibility? And then together we can build the world of possibility, not the world we've already known, not the rearview mirror, but the forward movement by design for our concerns about being alive. And we all have concerns about being alive. I mean, one of them is the concerns about being bodied. We call it medicine, but it's really about uh, the phenomenon that 
it's a little bit the word Buddha, you know, is the word is the word essentially that means the one who woke up. And what Buddha woke up to is the same thing we have to wake up to because we're bodied. He left his father's kingdom and he met the things that his father didn't want him to have to face. He met a person who was aging, a person who was ill, and a corpse. Aging, illness, and death. How do we bear it? And how do we help each other bear it? How do we be medicine for each other? Medicine being whatever helps us live with whatever we've got. And so the word observer is the one who, once we get hold of realizing that each of us is an observer, each of us is present to the world and calling to the world and holding the world in our arms in unique, holy, particular ways. So your, your curriculum, for example, Sarah, is not the same as mine. Each of us is here. The seven and a half billion two-leggeds that we are on this earth are here to make the offering that is unique to each of us. And so here we are this morning in creation and having a conversation that, from my point of view, it has to be a conversation that helps us live. It has to be words and waking up to being speakers that help us know that we're here and how to um, be more peaceful, more um, grateful, more deeply in the unknowing as a mystery. I mean, I don't know which is first, my death or tomorrow, and you don't either. No one does. No one is more mortal than anyone else. But we're here as observer to say, what's the possibility of this day in creation? And how do we bring that forth? Okay, well, let's ground this in. We started talking nine months ago. Um, the world has not gotten less crazy. And uh, the people who are listening to this uh, it's all about packing our go bags. What, what mindsets, rituals, whatever. What is what medicine do we pack to help us live? And you know, I'm I'm very attuned to, you know, the power of your message right now, especially. And I want to go back to your book. Um, you you wrote medicine words right when Princess Diana died, and you 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 know observed the present you know the ever present commentary opinions conclusions interpretations about that you know the story around that and you said you asked what happens to a phenomenon in the presence of constant comment every single day something is happening whether it's Irma Harvey Las Vegas people's roofs getting ripped off people people's you know waist deep in water people what how do you how do we prepare ourselves to wake up every day and be an observer when you know there's so much goosing going on mm-hmm. yep so uh, what I'm doing right this moment is breathing and going still because the question that you're asking Sarah is a question of, you could say, what is medicine? Medicine is whatever helps us live with whatever we've got. And the circumstances that we have, we, because we're the speakers and the listeners for creation, we have a say about the circumstance, the phenomenon. And the question is, what do I say? And what does the world need to hear me say? What does the world need to hear about the circumstance of one person having a gun and being able to shoot and kill another person? 
So what is the phenomenon that that is as a human possibility? What, who is the observer that I am that I don't choose to kill you, that I choose actually to love you, to make room for you? So I, I'm really in the wondering of what to construct to say because if I relinquish, and if you relinquish your, what may seem like a right to an opinion on everything, then we don't any longer have our opinions to make on the situation. We have simply, what world will I create right this moment by my speaking? Particularly with the circumstance of Las Vegas, which is just in this last days, is that people were helping one another. And they were reaching for one another. And they were somehow helping themselves by helping each other. And I thought, ah, so there's a moment of realizing that in any circumstance, if I reach out to see how are you and what can I give to you, how can I love you more, how can I be kinder to you, then I can know that I am here more peacefully, more easily, more gratefully whatever the circumstance, knowing, Sarah, that each of us has to take the final breath. The, the call will come and we'll have to go. So we're not getting out alive. So that's one really important knowing as an observer of being here at all, that this day in creation may be my last day, maybe your last day. We do not know that. What we do know is we're here now with this holy breath. And what I'm doing this moment is putting my sound on breath to make some meaning and you're listening to this sound on breath. We're listening and speaking to build the world, to build a discourse, to build a conversation big enough to live in. Actually, to build a conversation that creates a world so the children actually have a world to live in. You go ahead now. Your, your concepts are so rich and deep and dense. Um, Andy Forrest said it was like fudge. It was so chewy. He could just bite off a little bit at a time. So... Um, Let's call it, let's call your words just like the best taffy in the world. And I want to pull them out a little bit and go, one, one thing that I, I let blow past me in the last one is the roots, like from, from the one, the oneness to the two, the yin and yang. Could you just start with the one and go out, go outwards and attach that all the way you understand? Because as an acupuncturist for almost 50 years, that's all attached to the body as well. It's a, it's it's like this perfect micro and macro system from the way I think of it. Can you just walk us from the bottom up or it's probably okay, not from the bottom up, from the in, out, out, in. I don't know how you think of it. Uh, so an old one-liner from Chuang Tzu. Oh, I've heard that one. No, just kidding. <laughs> Pick up a blade of grass, and the whole world comes with it. That everything is contingent on everything else. And in a quantum theory, in the quantum field, each of us is a holy particular of the great oneness. And so you could say, the Hans Peter Dorr, the high energy physicist, said, like every wave is ocean, 
Every life is life itself. And so each of us is making our offering. I suppose it's a little bit like the image of a snowflake. It's said that there is no snowflake, the same as any other, exactly the same as any other snowflake. And yet somehow it's snowflake. So that we're here. uh, You could say it's one light, many lamps. You could say it's one breath, one air, many breathings. You could say it's seven and a half billion different hearts beating in seven and a half billion different places. Or you could say it's one heart beating in seven and a half billion places. That realizing that we are in the soup together and that each of us is adding to the soup, making the soup, like or a drop into the ocean, you could say. Each of us is putting our drop into the ocean, yet each of us is a drop of the ocean. And everything that exists, exists from the great oneness. Now, here's the pickle part. is It's said that the Tao is the Tao that cannot be spoken, and she who speaks doesn't know, and she who knows doesn't speak. And so we're using language to say what can't be spoken, what can't be said. We're like fingers pointing to the moon, and every word, every language. We're using English right now. This is um, one of the languages. There are 6,000 languages, 6,000 different ways of putting sound on breath to make meaning about being here at all about being alive together. And the this years listening in English and I'm speaking in English, but we're actually looking to see what's so what that we're here and who are we? Who are we as beings of the human sort in amidst all the other beings, the four leggeds and the fins and the beaks? We're here amidst the great expression of life, the manifestation. It's said that the the number one that we're counting by one all of the time. E. e. Cummings, the poet, says, we are wonderful, one times one. But that, that the great, the, the, we're coming from one, we're speaking from one, we're returning to one all of the time. And some traditions call that the Tao, some traditions call that love, some call it God, some call it Allah, some call it the unspeakable divine, some call it the ordering hand. It's that which cannot be spoken. So you could say the great oneness, the Tao is like an empty bowl, which in being used can never be filled up. It unties all tangles, it harmonizes all lights, it unites the world into one. I don't know whose child it is, it seems to be the common ancestor of everything. Now that's a quote from Lao Tzu, from the Tao Te Ching. And every great tradition of beings of the human sort who are speaking and listening and making meaning of life have some speaking of what of what the great oneness is, <laughs> or there, uh, since we can't speak it, there is no is of the great oneness because there's no. It's not possible to stand outside. Okay. There's no place to stand outside the oneness. It's okay. like I'm not. I'm now using words <laughs> to express words. <laughs> I, I'm going to start to babble like pretty soon. Like okay, that were, okay. So let me. Okay, let's again. Let's ground this in the real world because from from how I have always used it, it's about flow. It's about it's about getting from a place of adversary and opposition to. For example, I went to a yoga class on Sunday. 
Yeah. It was a it was a very full class, and there was one spot left. But the woman had put all her had piled her all her accessories, her blocks, her straps, her rolls, her water bottle, right in the middle of where another mat would go, the last mat. And I'm like, huh. For a moment, I'm like, God, that's so clueless. But then I was like, okay, you know, I can work with this. So I went and I I maneuvered. I put my mat. Okay, this is getting boring, but. Um, the point was, it's like I, I noticed myself kind of getting slightly indignant and then I just yeah. breathed into it because every time these days I'm noticing that something starts to ruffle my feathers or... or uh, No, you start to break. ruffle your fellow feathers in the presence of something. Yeah, then I stop. You're the, you're the like, ruffler. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm okay, I'm writing this story. What is it that I need to learn? What habit am I ready to let go of in terms of relating with people in a world where I don't know what's what's going on with her. Uh-huh. You know, her relative might have just had their roof blown off. Someone might have just been shot in her uh-huh. in her world. I mean, this is the way things are now. How do I design a mood? Well, I wake up every day and I am part of the solution. Uh-huh. What a wonderful question because that's the that's a question of an observer. The one who's looking at what's the possibility? You see a po- phenomenon, a pile of stuff in the middle of the room where a, a mat could go. <laughs> the phenomenon is actually a pile of stuff in the middle of the room. You Hashtag get a, first world problem, but, I know, but yes. Well, you get a say about it, though. You, you can yeah. say something. What, what, is, what will you say? What will you design? What, what meaning do you make out of that, a pile of stuff in the room? And so it's, it's on you. You're in charge of what you say about it. You're in charge of whether you have joy or whether you have misery whether you choose heaven or hell out of that pile of stuff. The phenomenon is the phenomenon. Just as you said, you get a say about what to make of it. And whatever you make of it, you could make a killing ground or you can make a a conversation. You can open up some possibility of of partnership with that whoever the, wherever the pile of stuff originates. <laughs> but it's, it's a very good example because it's like you said, I, I want to use, you know, I talk in circles, and that's part of the fudge, part of the taffy, pulling it apart. But the three umpires who go to the bar for a beer, so listen up, everybody. They go to the bar for a beer. And the first umpire says, I cause them like I seize them. The second umpire says, I cause them like they is. And the third umpire says, they ain't nothing till I cause them. And that's an incredible expression of what it is to have language. Wait, let's stop for one second, because that is so profound. That, like, makes my lips numb. The concept (laughs) that, wait a second, until until there's language to describe it, it doesn't exist. I mean, it's not even a thing. Yes, you could say. It's simply, wow perpetual great astonishment that there's anything at all. And then I get a say, and whatever I say, and we're witnessing it so powerfully these days because if I say something that's a fight, I'm going to create fight. I'm going to be in a fight with whatever's present, with the phenomenon. I'm going to, you know, the words antagonize and protagonize are very important here. I'm going to antagonize. Most of us are in a fight with ourselves, with our bodies, with each other. We're saying things like it's too hot, it's too cold, realizing that, not even realizing that that's actually a complaint. That's actually fault finding, living life as a fault finder rather than um, living life as a, wow, 
wow, look at this pile of stuff in the middle of the room, just staying in the wow before going into any uh-oh about it. And so the, the observer, that's you and me, the noticer, says, ah, I can say anything about this. What will I say? And will it serve whatever I say? And so what? So then I design something to say rather than just any old thing. What if it's not okay to say just any old thing? What if, like the ancient wisdoms of grandmothers and grandfathers, if you haven't got something good to say, well, then what? And everybody knows. You don't say ah. anything. Uh-huh. You, you don't say anything. You simply say, wow, and you stay in the wonder. You stay in the wow until you've got something good to say. And, and I... I know I that. I love that. I love that. Well, stay I do too. Yes. In the wow until you've got something good to say. Mm-hmm. And then when you say something, it will be from the wow. It'll be from the wonder. It'll be pointing back again to the oneness. Awe and oneness are the same word. Julian of Norwich, who was one of the great Christian women mystics, she said she used the, the, the verb one as a, she used it as a verb, oneing, O-N-E-I-N-G. She's oneing. Everything is oneing. We're, we're in this dance of being, in this day in creation. This once only won't happen twice day in creation. This day, being in the wanting, what will I bring forth that okay. sp- speaks of our oneness together, making room for each other. It's one earth for all of us, one air for all of us, one sun for all of us, one Pachamama rainforest for all of us. One, the, We truly are... Um, in the unspeakable breath of life together. And in a way, there's nothing to say except, wow. The Sufis say the first word is, ah. First word is, wow, ah. And all the rest of the words are meant to be forms of that. Like Helen Keller, you know, when she learned language, she couldn't see, she couldn't hear, she couldn't speak. But her teacher taught her that the phenomenon, what we call water, you could put the letters W-A-T-E-R in one hand and the phenomenon on the other hand, they're meant to be the same thing. Like how much water did I use today and did I stay in awe that I had such a phenomenon to drink? Uh, No. To take a bath in. I didn't. No. So the question is, how awake am I? What an observer am I? So that I'm staying in the wonder all of the time, moment by moment by moment, and goosing each other to wake up. And what you said before about mood, it's a practice. So I'm going to teach this right at this moment as a practice because I find it profoundly important and useful to live my day. And that is that when I wake up and realize here I am one more day in creation, I can say anything about that. What do I design to say? What do I say that will actually serve the next generations? So since Bob Duggan's death, which was a year ago, October 5th, and being with him when he took his last holy breath, I have been designing the mood of awe, holy awe. So when I realize that here I am this day in creation and I can say anything, Designing holy awe for me means that I've made a cradle for the day 
And whatever happens during the day, and I don't know what's going to happen, I can bring that into the cradle of holy awe. And that way it helps me live with it, because everything is in the cradle of awe, including you, including everything that's present with me in this day in creation. I could put peace as my mood. I could put gratitude as my mood. I could put being in the sweetness of being profoundly, thoughtfully here as my mood. I can design my mood any way at all. The important thing is that it's the cradle for the rest of the day, for the sacred day that I've been given. So if I design holy awe, now I could also design misery. I could also be an antagonist. I could say, but, 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 and be in a fight. Or I could be a protagonist and say, oh, yes, and forward everything. Just agree and build, like an improv theater. Agree and build. Thank you. Forward it. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. Instead of but and fight, I'm in a yes and an and. And that helps me with the seeing the oneness, which can't be spoken. It helps me. It helps me with actually being here in holy awe. Because when the call comes and I have to go, Sarah, if I'm awake to that this is my death time, my death moment, my last breath, what will I be saying about life? What's my word that I'm practicing right this minute? Right now, what am I practicing? So that when the moment comes, I can say yes to the unspeakable divine, to that which can't be spoken. Yes to the great oneness calling me back. Because this breath didn't come from me originally. It's a gift. I didn't earn it. It's not owed to me. Yours either. We have this breath this day in creation. When will it be called? I don't know. You don't know. We, we know that we're here now. And we're using this breath to speak and to listen and to build the world. Which, by the way, is the wisdom question for all the great traditions wherever there are beings of the human sort, bedrooms, boardrooms, classrooms, it's for us to actually say, what, what am I using this breath for? What sound on breath to make meaning am I awake to right this moment? Since I can't say just any old thing as a gift, will I complain about life? Will I antagonize? Will I fight? Many of us are worried sick. We're in a fight with our bodies. We're worried about this. We're, worry itself is a fight and a kind of rehearsal of the negative rather than this too is part of the dance and how to celebrate, how to be in the awe with every squawky bit. I mean, clearly to be in the awe, it's very easy to be in the awe when something like a crisis of Las Vegas, which has just happened, it's awesome. It's full of awe. It's awful, but it's also awe, full of awe. For all of us, at every moment, what do I say about this? It's like, wow, now what are my possibilities? What do I build? If I'm, as an observer, influencing that which is observed, how do I influence this moment? What do I build? Not as a killing ground, not as a dowier than thou, not as a zenier than thou, but here we are together, side by side. How do I make room for you side by side? How do we make room for each other side by side in the midst of any circumstance? And the one-liner that I really like and find it very helpful is, my barn having burned to the ground, I can now see the moon. We don't want our barns to burn, but we have circumstances. Everybody does. If not now, we will have. The question is, what do I know that I wouldn't without that? What's the offering from the suffering? What's the gift, the treasure from the tribulation? And to ask that question right now, in the circumstance, the horrifying circumstance of someone shooting and killing a whole lot of other someones, and 
the, the question of, wow, how, what do I, how do I, what will I make of this? How do I design with this? Do I add misery to it? Do I fight with it? Do I add more? Um, well, um, it's hor- horrendous. I mean, unspeakable. The, un- the, the killer narratives. And the triggered listening. Yes, the triggered listening. And, okay. and and I know and I know that you know like I want to I don't want to say the name Donald Trump but I am going to say it because he's he's fighting we're in a, you know he, he's a, a particular reminder of life as antagonism rather than protagonism antagonizing so the mood that I design if I'm designing as I'm designing holy awe even he comes into the holy awe and I get to see wow look at this fight. Now go for the gift. Give up the fight. Go for the gift. There's okay. a gift here too. Okay. Okay. Taffy, taffy moment. Yeah. Let's pull this <laughs> apart. You, when we spoke yesterday, we did agree we weren't going to mention him because it's like, oh my God, my time with you is so precious. And yet you said, Donald Trump is an occasion to wake up. Las Vegas is an occasion to hug your kids extra tight. Call your parents, I guess. Except it's still... But- but we don't want to make it Pollyanna, though. It's not, or feel good. It's it's really like no kidding. What's straight talk? If I if I if to, if I knew today was my last day, what would I want to make sure you know, Sarah Allen, about who you are, and what would I want to make sure to say to you before you die, before I die? What would I want you to have? That's straight talk. It's not like kiss your kid because it's a good idea. It's like no kidding, kiss your kid because that's what life is about. It's not a life is not a pathology. It's not a fix it shop. It's not a. It, it's not a uh, parking lot. We're here to love one another. It's the best place for love, right where we are. The center of the universe is right where we are. What will I put here at the center of the universe? And all the great peoples of peace on this earth say the same thing. It's about what can't be spoken: love. The Tao is the Tao that can't be spoken. How do I love you today? How do I let you love me? How do we use this occasion of this horrifying circumstance? I call it horrifying. It's, you could say, a pile of stuff in the middle of the room, in the middle of the yoga room that somebody's put there. Now, what will I make of it? And what will we make together of it? For all the normal people out there who, for for example, maybe they woke up 45 minutes late so they couldn't meditate and their day's off and their the lunch they made for their kid. Yeah, so they kick, the, they kick the dog. They go to yoga and then kick the dog. Well, yeah, you wake up and you have to kick the dog because you are behind and your boss is stepping on your no. neck. And, no, you, you know, don't. How do you stop you, in that moment? Beca- stop. That. That. <laughs> that, that. <laughs> reel, reel me back. <laughs> well, that moment is the moment of you, the observer. The observer of that moment is, is creating a fight, seeing seeing opposition, being an antagonist, but budding life, and actually they don't have to get rid of that, but you do have to transform it into and and what else, and then what, and how else could I see this, <laughs> and what are the other possibilities? And you keep moving, you keep the river flowing, you don't stop it because first of all you can't, second of all, uh, you feel better in your body when you keep the and happening, and what else, and what else, and what else. So that you're staying, you're not sentencing or prisoning yourself or anybody else. 
and, and realizing, wow, look at me saying this about that. Look at me having this conversation. What an observer I am. I know. I wonder if life could show as beauty and goodness in the observer that I am with everything. Can I see the face of the beloved everywhere in the observer that I am? How do I cultivate myself as an observer of love no matter what? No matter what, no matter what, even in the last breath, the observer in whom life shows as wow. So before we finish with this, Sarah, and I think we must be coming kind of close to an end point. <laughs> don't go, don't go. No, but I, don't. I know, I know. We're at 36 <laughs> minutes and 51 seconds, Mark. <laughs> I get her for three more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought... Okay. I, 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 okay. I, I want to make I want to make an offering. I, I memorize poetry because it is such a good use of language to build the world of beauty and goodness. And so, from Mary Oliver, who's a contemporary woman poet, she has a poem that's called "When Death Comes," and there are two lines in it that I find dazzling and a gift. And they go like this: When it's over, when it's over. I want to say my entire life, my entire life, I was a bride married to amazement, and I was a bridegroom taking the world into my arms. Married to amazement, the wow of being, taking the world into my arms, every facet of it, every facet of the great oneness helping each other live, which is what medicine is, with whatever we have to live with, bearing whatever we have to bear, designing a mood that's big enough to cradle everything we have to bear. How do I bear what I have to bear this day in creation? How do you bear, and how do I help you bear it? So staying in amazement with you, Sarah, and all the beloveds who are listening and building this world together, and to stay holding each other in each other's arms taking the world into our arms, saying yes to everything. Holy breath, gift, love. Okay. <laughs> Diane, in our last mm -hmm. minute, I just have a question. So mm -hmm. one of the fourth word in your dictionary was declaration, which is an interesting yeah. and powerful and slightly intimidating word. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it, it's not a word you can back out of. And personally, I'm more of a fan of affirmation, except in the case of the Declaration mm. of Independence. But de de declaration yeah, is a me. speech action. Yeah. Why? It's a, it's a speech action. It brings the world into being. We ordain and establish this to be so. Somebody spoke and somebody else listened. And that world was born, for better, for worse. That's why you use the example of the umpires. The third one says, they ain't nothing till I cause them. That's a declaration. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's a kind of Rosa Parks moment, when Rosa Parks says, there's more for all of us than me standing and going to the back of the bus. So today I sit. She was making a declaration. She was building the world and bringing the world into being in something that she says matters. And the rest of the world began to concur. And the civil rights movement, which is not over, uh, was added to by Rosa Parks, a Rosa Parks moment, a moment when each of us has a chance to say, to make a declaration of building the world of beauty and goodness, a world that will honor the 
tribes we've come from, the elders, the ancestors, and a world that will serve the next generations so the next generations have a world. And she didn't, Rosa Parks didn't do that as a fight. She didn't do it as an antagonist. She did it because there was more for, as a protagonist, forwarding in the mood of grandness for the great oneness, she says, there's more for all of us than me standing and going to the back of the bus. So today I sit. And the officer said to her, ma'am, I'm going to have to arrest you if you don't stand and go to the back of the bus. And she, without any fight, without any reactivity, without any, like, um, f killing ground, she says, young man, do what you must. Today I sit. That's a declaration. That's a bringing the world into being. So that's how come I use that word in the medicine words, language of love for the treatment room of life. Which, by the way... You are just finishing turning that into an audiobook, and that yep. is beyond exciting. Just give me a brief catch me up. When's it going to be available? Where's it going to be available? I'm so excited. Uh -huh. It'll be available by the end of the year. All right. Uh -huh. At the end of this year, which is called 2017. <laughs> I declare it's 2017. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, no, no. I know it is. Um, 2017. 2017. Yeah. Okay, last, one last uh -huh. thing. If anyone listening, one final thing to put in their go bag for today, because I already feel shifted. My frequencies, my cells, this is a good day. Finish just one mm -hmm. last thing for our, list, our listeners. Beloveds, speaking is a gift. So speak as a gift and only say something that is a gift. Don't use your breath, your holy breath, for anything other than gift. Wa-bam. <laughs> I love uh, you. I love you, too. Okay. And you know what? You do love me. I, yes, I, <laughs> what's not to love? <laughs> no, 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 take that back. That's an old throwaway line. What's not to love? Yeah. That's a throwaway? I mean, yeah. I think that so, sounds pretty positive. So, Sarah, right this moment, yes. say something that if it was my last moment to hear it, you would want to make sure I heard it. Straight talk. Okay, Diane. Yes. You have profoundly changed the way I am in the world. Thank you, Sarah. It's a good use of me to be medicine for you, to help you live. And you, my beloved, help me live. It's you, actually, that has goosed me to these medicine words at a time when I'm making an assertion that we need them more than ever. I dedicate episode 12 to this being of the human sort who gave me and will continue to give me a lot of joy. Tall and she grew up right with the Indiana boys on an Indiana night. Well, she moved down here at the age of 18. She blew the boys away, it was more than they had seen. I was introduced and we both started grooving. She said, I think you, baby, but I got to keep moving.
One more time to kill the 